Welcome to another episode of <laughs> with my friend and feature act for this week, and like we just determined, determined a year now. Yeah, we're on our year anniversary. Year, we've been some places and we've uh, come a long way. But Trish Smart, welcome. Hey, thanks for being on. <laughs> come back, guys. I'm so glad our listeners cannot hear or see. Oh, see. Sorry. I'm so glad our listeners cannot see your face when you say yeah. that. It's a full body motion. Truly. And there's a lot of motion to this ocean. <laughs> I got a... So we are in a hotel in... Uh, I don't even know what town, but it's the Baymont in... Uh, we're about a... In, s- in Humboldt. I think we're in Humboldt. Oh, Willows, California, it says. He just read the phone that I believe has not been used since 1986. And if I see correctly on it, I think there's some blood on it. I would not be surprised if that was not the only secreted fluid on the phone. It's, I mean, the hotel room's not terrible. Yeah, compared to the other ones we went to today, we actually went hotel hopping. Yeah, we did. We looked through a bunch of different hotels. Pretty much the same price for the same crap. We determined that nobody in the hotel industry thinks that we're funny. Not at all. They have no sense of humor. Literally none. Which is kind of sad because we had some funny lines. I know. We were like, let's get the uh, AARNCAAP discount. Yeah. They were like, oh, we don't have that this week. (laughs) But, oh, so we did check into the Baymont and... Let's try to recreate this. Yeah, no, that's fine. We walked in, and the guy, it was an older guy and a younger gentleman, and they looked identical, and kidding me, with some sincerity, I was like, oh, you guys are father-son And they thought that we were talking about their glasses, because the older gentleman was trying to recreate the younger gentleman. Little did he know, it went way too far. And then Mike pointed out that they had the same hairline, and surprisingly, the younger guy was not offended by yeah, it, but, but the, the older, older guy, guy just didn't want to hear anything about it. And when we said older, he had to be in his late 40s. And the kid he was, was old enough to be his dad. Like, what, 17 tops? It can't feel good to have the same job as someone that's yeah. much and younger than you identical. right next to you. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, but more importantly, uh, yeah, when we mentioned drugs to the young kid, he popped up. We're in a town of... Probably very few, and I bet you drugs and uh, and loneliness are epidemics. Well, what else would you do here? Absolutely nothing. There are some towns where you're just like, yeah, they make meth here. That just seems oh here part of the McDonald's menu. I mean, what's close to here? Two hours to Sacramento, which is a shit shit show, and then an hour from Reading, which is also in the middle of nowhere. Sacramento. I don't want to go on a huge rant, but they just seem like fake progressives. Like, how do you build this amazing house next to a homeless entrapment and then do nothing about it? I stayed at one of the scariest hotels I've ever been in, in a very nice neighborhood. In Sacramento? Yeah. Really? I had to put a chair against the door. I was terrified. Why are you saying that? What, what happened? You said you were hearing Oh, things? you know, my the best amenity of that hotel was that when I locked my door, this girl was right behind me out of nowhere. She goes, won't matter. That's what she said to you? Yeah. That's pretty creepy. And I was like, yeah. So I put a chair against the door, and I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend that goes, that chair has wheels on it. And I was like, well, it's the best I got right now. Wow. What, what's, like, the, what's the worst hotel you've ever stayed in your life? Oh, well, I was in India, well, so I'm not okay. sure that counts. Yeah, I slept was... on a mat next to a cow. And they charge you for that? In some ways, they took your dignity. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they did. Um, I It was like, it's a hotel... You can kind of like 
pay for a waiting space on a train, which you think sounds like a bed, but it's just some guy that stole your money <laughs> and put a mat out for you. So you give money and you just lay on a like a yoga mat next to livestock? At certain points. On a train? Or just, this... No, it was before the train even came. The train was much worse. This is in India? Yeah. Did you sleep? Yeah. I mean, I was tired. I gave the guy money. I mean, I was like, whatever. I didn't it's care. The that, there's, there comes to a though. point where you just like, it's a breaking point where you're yeah. like, this is fine. This smell, I'll live with it. Well, you, you lived in Thailand for a while, so you've yeah. seen a thing or two with respect to poverty. and. Well, what was really funny is when struggle. I got off the plane in India, I uh, met up with this guy that I met in Edinburgh, Scotland, who said he would give me a comedy tour, which I thought meant, okay, we're going into Mumbai, we're doing all these things. No, no, no. We were in Calcutta. <laughs> oh. I was performing on a dirt mound. Wow. And the only jokes I had were about Thailand, which I thought was very relatable. And he says, just so you know, um, jokes about Thailand being cheap is very offensive here because we're, we're much cheaper. <laughs> That's what He Russell... was like, it's like making fun of America for being cheap in Mexico. They're like prideful about how cheap they are. Yeah, Indian. no, they love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing. Now, when you went to India, was it like shit everywhere, like? In the movie um, Slumdog Millionaire, you know it's like it's like anywhere else that has a bad rap. It depends on what part you're in. Yeah. But yeah, I saw some literal shit. And the cool part is, is when streets, when you, yeah yeah when you show? see them do it, they have to get their butt close enough to the ground to be able to get the turd off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. But no, you don't see it all the time. You see it in like a slum area, but not like in okay, a nice city. So you're not gonna city. just see it. Okay. Yeah. Because when I went to Japan, in the smaller cities, you go into a bathroom, there's just a hole in the ground, and they're capable of, like, squatting and hitting that hole. Oh, yeah. I can't squat. Well, they've been training their whole lives for it. Yeah, but I, I couldn't. You know, in Tokyo, there's a place called, it, it was called Piss Alley, because there were no uh, toilets, and what, now in, it's called Golden Guy. Oh, no, no, no. It's a alley with a bunch of bars in it, and they oh. have, like... Six or seven people in so each people one. So people get loaded, walk outside, pee and shit or whatever, yep. and then go yep. back Which is very house. strange because it's like one of the cleanest places in the world. So it's like degenerate they, alley. What, do they clean it? Do they hose it down? You know, I didn't were... ask them, but I assume that they do some sort of Does maintenance. Does it smell terrible? Yes, it smells awful. So why would they put that next to businesses? Oh, no, no, no. The businesses grew around it. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like these cool little bars that only like six or seven people can fit into. It's really fun. I, I'm telling you, I've been around it. I got stuck in Miami for five days, I was telling you. Oh, yeah. Off a cruise because there's no pilots or anything. And I, wa I was, they luckily put me downtown Miami, which is, you know, Miami. Lot so, to look at, yeah. Yeah, so. Women-wise. I walked over to this club, and I'm 48, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> but I walked into this one place, and it was body-to-body -body people. Well, they assume you have money. They let you in. They let me in, well, yeah, also because they let everyone in. It's like, this was packed to the yeah. bones and I had a blast I was dancing the whole night and by myself too and I tell you one thing it's uh it has so, it in the air there it's a lot of cocaine just floating around cocaine very the sexual energy the the um the vibe you know what it is someone described it as the pretentiousness of LA meets the beach life of San Diego with a Cuban twist Big Cuban twist. Big Cuban. I mean, lots of them. Yeah. A lot of big asses. And <laughs> a lot of Latin looks and, and fashion. We call though. those panini butts. Panini butts. What, the, the big Cuban, ones? The Cuban paninis, oh. yeah. Dude, the, um, 
Those are big asses out there. That's like the new trend. The Brazilian butt lift, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I hate, because I don't hate anything, but I get a lot of uh, information about the Kardashians just shoved down my throat unwillingly. Why? Because I can't sue anybody for it. I don't know. But oh, the yeah. internet does that. But apparently, Kim just got her butt taken out, so I can't wait to see the new trends. Taken out? Yeah. So she had an implant? What, do you thought that was natural? Well, I met J-Lo, and she had a huge ass yeah, that was natural. Yeah, she works hard. I'm sure she but, had the thighs to match. But she also has the jeans. Yeah, the jeans, the know? thighs. Yeah. Yeah. So so her huge ass was not natural? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, I dude, don't care. Dude, I don't care. But it's still just, impl- like, it's everywhere. Like, I should be able to sue somebody for so, harassment. So they set that trend of fake asses? I mean, who knows who actually well, said I mean, it or started it or whatever. There's this guy in Brazil, actually. I can't remember his name, but... He's like one of the most uh, world famous plastic surgeons. And the reason why he got that way is because he believed that everyone deserved it. So even people who can't afford it, he would give it to them. Well, plastic surgery? Well, specifically the Brazilian butt lift. Oh, what do you mean deserved it? Well, he would just say, like, you know, have this you isn't seen, just for the higher class. Have you ever seen those go badly? How awful it looks? Oh my God, have you, have you ever looked, have you ever searched like when they first do it before it heals? It is horrendous. Yeah. I actually saw a meme the other day that was J-Lo versus, um, I forget, some pop star. But they were both shaking their butt, and they were like, this is what it looks like when it's real versus when it's fake. And it was... You remember who it was? Was it uh, that that Brazilian girl? No. I'm of the night. No, her hips don't lie, okay? She's she's addicted to fast food. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Shakira. No, Shakira's butt's real for sure. How can you shake a fake one like that? Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about fake butts. I don't even know. I feel like you'd be a connoisseur of this. It's like it's like picking out fake tits. I don't like big asses, so the connoisseurness goes out the window with that. Well, did you like J Lo's? No, I didn't. Oh wow! I did not. I thought it was cute. I don't care. I never, I never really thought she was great, but that was a trend, or maybe she actually set the trend. But men just got into that, and I've never been into that. Yeah. Well, were you into big boobs when fake boobs were a thing? Nope. Did you you didn't have a nope. crush on Pamela Anderson in the nineties? Uh, no, I had a crush on Pamela Anderson, but not because of her boobs. Her face was gorgeous. Yeah, she she was flawless. I actually that's a funny story. I may have told it on another podcast. When I first came to LA ever, uh, me and my buddy from San Diego drove up. We went to the Viper Room, and we saw Pamela Anderson in person, as close as you and I are in her prime. Wow, and she. Glowed. Yeah. I'm not kidding. She was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I like. I didn't feel worthy standing next to her. Yeah. But she, I, I was watching her and obviously staring at her, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't believe how beautiful she was. I'm captivated just hearing about it. Beyond anything I've ever seen to this day. Wow. Now I've been down to Colombia, and the women down there are naturally beautiful, and they don't know it, which makes them even more beautiful. Yeah. But Pamela Anderson was very made up. You know, yeah, a lot of but but she just glowed. She was a star, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then I also saw the lead singer of uh, Counting Crows, who was a huge dick. <laughs> he thought he was the man. I'm looking at him like, dude, you're a tool. <laughs> you look like a tool, but he got he got success. I don't know what kind of tool he looks like. I can't imagine. He had the white guy with dreadlocks and a, and a goatee. Oh, yeah. Well, Twitter would destroy him these days, so yeah. it's not a big deal. He was a boo. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not here to smash, but uh, um, it's just crazy how the generation of beauty 
changes with. Oh my I God, tell me about it. You know what I get upset about? Okay, so now the big thing is big eyebrows, right? Yeah. And you can like paint on these big. Uh, yeah. So tell me, without getting too upset, let me explain something to you. <laughs> I had massive eyebrows growing up. The biggest. Well, thick? Yeah, thick, huge, just massive eyebrows. Yeah. I ripped them out of my face continuously right. until now I have to draw them on to well, be even slightly what I know. So every time anyone even mentions Gwen Stefani, I get very upset. Why, is she the first one that drew them on? I don't know, but she's oh. the one that made me rip them off, oh. and I will never forget. Why, did she have thick eyebrows? No, she ripped them off into little tiny little things. Oh. Like, I don't have little, like, pencil shapes or whatever, yeah. but, like, yeah, I lost the war, the 2001 war on eyebrows, oh. which, as we all know, was the yeah, biggest war in 2001. Now. Huh? They're good now. They're, they're yeah. normal and... Real? Yeah, but other people are drawing them on I to know. look like how mine would have looked had I never ripped them out. That's the thing I don't understand. Is like I see beautiful women with, with painted on eyebrows. It's like, who are you fooling? They look terrible. I mean, yeah, now you see beautiful women with like gigantic lips. It's just the trend. But I know now, so every time I think about doing one of these beauty trend things, I think about how I lost the 2001 war on eyebrows. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. But you've never really been someone who kind of succumbed to the fashions of the moment. You know, you would think so because now I live out of my car yeah. and I wear the same thing every day and I usually smell pretty bad and I don't really do my hair anymore. Yeah. But there was a time, you know, I actually first went to Vegas because I was a clothing buyer for a store in D.C. So I was like really into fashion. Oh, okay. Really into, yeah, I know, you would yeah, never guess no. it. Yeah. I mean, if you saw me off. Yeah, if you can see me right now, I'm wearing... You look like so you're homeless in Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. I Yeah, I've been doing this joke a lot now where I'm like, I'm a homeless lesbian, but only one of those things is true. Yeah. I live out of my car. And, um, <laughs> but I I went to Vegas, and then I ended up doing, like, bottle service and stuff. Huh. So, like, back in the day, I was like, you know. Oh, you told me that. Yeah, I was were. wearing, like, fake eyelashes yeah. and, like, all done up. That's you and met Ken. I was ripped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how I met Ken. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, because you're doing the bottle service, he had all that. Um, I think he had clubs and. I think he was on. the general manager of one of the clubs I worked yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Because I worked at I I worked all over Vegas when I was younger. Though. Really? Yeah. Would you say you were from Vegas originally? No, I'm from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Originally. Originally, originally, I'm from Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is a suburb in between DC and Baltimore. Okay. But I always rep Baltimore because I moved there when I was quite young, and uh, I went to college there, and it's probably the longest place I've lived to this day. Let's talk about your pursuit of comedy because there's very few people I meet along the way that not only have the hustle but the love for stand-up. Absolutely, yeah. And you, you're in. Like, oh, I'm all in. I can't think in. of anything else I would do. Someone asked me, like I, I was complaining to someone recently and they were like, well, why don't you just quit? And I was like, well, why don't you just stop breathing? Why don't you just yeah. like go like jump off a fucking bridge somewhere? I was like, what, what are you asking me to do? Why, why did they say that? <clears throat> because they were just like, why are you complaining about it so much? And the only thing I was complaining about was that I um, just scheduled myself too thin or I can't remember what it was, some club owner or something. So if you're not complaining, then you're not a real comic. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. No matter how good it's it only gets, in private. something to complain about. Yeah. I won't do it on Twitter, though. I only either. got one million for that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something. There's that limo was only stretched. You should, you should avoid Netflix now, because they're not giving me what I want. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I remember being on the ship this week, and all the entertainers, we just sat around and complained about everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel at And home. you were like, well, after my third lobster plate, yeah. I'm not sure... 
I was like, I feel congested. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, there are better. Like I said, the ships are a hell and a dream, dream all at the same time. Yeah. The only way I can describe it is you can eat and do almost anything you want except for the things you really want to do. And the shows are awful because the people just don't care. So you're there for the passion of what you love to do. And that's the one thing that... Like, dude, I never smoke as much as in other ships. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes. Like, I I get so stressed out after these shows. Because I want to do well. Yeah, old people yelling at you, man. It's terrifying. Oh, drunk idiots. Yeah. You know the old adage, if you don't pay for a ticket, you don't respect the show. Yeah. I tried to explain to someone recently, I was like, you need to charge for tickets or like no one's going to come. And he goes, no, 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 you got to do a free show. And I was like, I was like, look, I understand that you're paying me, but like I'm telling you, I was like, imagine that you're taking a girl on a date and she's like, where are we going? Well, we're going to this comedy show. Oh, you're taking me to a comedy show? She gets there, figures out that it's free. And she's like, you took me to a free comedy show. Like, So I ended up cut to me in Cottonwood, Arizona, doing a free show. At a car wash. On a mound of dirt. On a mound of dirt. Usual. Again. Back yeah. in, back in my home habitat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's been some gigs. I'm sure you've had a few in Well, it's interesting because Thailand. I... Oh, in Thailand? Well, okay, so I started in Vegas. I started comedy in Vegas because I was already living out there, and it was kind of like a what else do I have to lose moment. Yeah. And it was so bad. Not like the Vegas scene is bad. They're all wonderful. But... The open mics there is ridiculous. Like, I recently brought somebody to the dive, the first place I ever did comedy. And I told him, I warned him, I was like, look, no one's going to care that you're on stage, and everyone's going to heckle you. And he was like, oh, no, that's fine. And then he gets on, everyone heckles him, no one cares he does on stage. And this dude doesn't have legs, first of all, because he got him blown off in Afghanistan. <laughs> so you think that they would have a little bit of respect. Oh, no, this is the dive. Hell no. Hell no, no one cares. <laughs> he gets off stage, he was like, this is the greatest show I've ever done. And I was like, this was really bad for you. Yeah. I don't know if to tell you this, but like, I did really well. But like, dude, this is bad for you. People were hoping you lost a third one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah. I got up there. I was like, it's diabetes, dude. He's faking it. But <laughs> he um, he was just like, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, it's not. But like, I, I get it. Uh, that's fine. And he was like, this is the first place you do comedy? And I was like, yeah. He goes, this makes so much sense in your comedy. Yeah. Like, you love hecklers and you're just well, like. You become resilient. Yeah. It's really important to do that because some comics don't get any resilience. Well, that's not where my resilience came from. So I kind of gave up in Vegas a little bit because I had just started. It was so bad. It just it's didn't. a bad scene. It well, just back didn't, then. Well, it just didn't seem like it ever, could ever come to anything. I don't know if I ever told you the story. But I took a one-way flight to Tokyo. And I know I talk about it in my act a lot and, like, killing yourself there and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, like, that was real. Yeah. And then what happened was is I did that joke about killing yourself in Tokyo and blah, blah, blah on stage in Tokyo. And they loved it. Yeah? Yeah, they asked me to be on well, interviews. Well, the English-speaking people, though, Yeah, right? well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really... You know when you first start doing comedy and you're so nervous you don't really notice everything that's going on around yeah. you? I think some of them were being polite and when you yeah. pause they would laugh, but other people really did know what was going on yeah. and they were laughing. And then I went and I still didn't like have the intention of like doing it full time, but I went, I was going to go to Australia to work and then I went to Thailand and I was supposed to be there for three weeks. I stayed for 10 months wow. because there was a comedy club on the in busiest Australia? street in, t- in, in Thailand. Oh, Thailand. Yeah, yeah. So in Bangkok, yeah. there was a comedy club on the busiest tourist street. The guy was like, you can do whatever you want every night. Yeah. Have as much time as you want. I don't care. And I, like, was basically, like, a little famous. Like, I got onto like, background of TV shows to make money. I didn't realize the guy running the club was screwing me on money because I didn't care. I didn't know. 
And um, that's when, and I just was just doing like tourist shows every night. And I was like, oh my God, this might actually work out. And it's not like I didn't love comedy before that. It's just, I didn't imagine that it would ever work. Materialize. Yeah, or be anything. Yeah. And then I did like pretty much the whole world circuit with like a good five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had 20, but you know how it is. Right. Well, I have a, whatever you think you have divided by two. Yeah, and mine is five minutes. Yeah. That's what you told me. And yeah. I didn't believe you until, oh my God, recently. And I'm afraid to say where it is because I don't want them to know, but they don't, I don't want them to know that I know. But I rented out this comedy club. Fuck it. It was in uh, Arkansas. Yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. And I hired performers, and they were amazing. But they completely lied about how much time they had. Right. So I was well, like, okay, I'm going to do an all-women show. And, like, two other women came. So I was like, you can do 30, you can do 30, and I'll do 30. And then this girl's like, I'd rather do 10, 10, and 10. And I was like, okay, you can host. That's fine. Why don't you do the up 20 and then 5 and 5? If that makes you more comfortable. She did eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She was wonderful. Like, honestly, hats off to her. Amazing performance. Probably six more than she probably really could yeah maybe whatever who knows yeah Yeah. so i was like okay i'm gonna do my hour but it was a it was an urban club and they didn't want an hour of me but they got it (laughs) some people loved it and bought shirts some people did not (laughs) well that's the thing is like i'm always learned this but i'm learning it more so than ever is that you're not gonna please everyone don't try don't even think about it. Just do you. Yeah. The people who are going to like you are going to like you, and the people who aren't going to like you are going to hate you. Yeah. And you're going to just have to deal with it, you know? The, the, the point is you can only do what you, what you do, and, you know, it's... Uh, you know, sometimes I'm on relate. stage. Sometimes I'm on stage, and I realize I'm like, okay, no one cares. And I'm like, all right, you know what? This is for me now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's when you become real, and, and then that's when you're relatable. Yeah. Almost more so. You know my favorite thing that someone ever said to me was... You're not relatable, but it is so cool seeing it through your eyes. Yeah. And that was, like, powerful because it's, like, I don't have the same world experiences as everybody. I've just been wandering around for this time. What am I going to talk about paying rent that I don't yeah. have? Your girl's homeless. Or not paying rent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, well, that was kind of the question I had is, like, and, and don't take this offensively, but, like, are you running from something? Are you? I get asked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, No. Is it just you take it in the world? and? I think it started as I'm just going to, like, wander. My original plan, like, before comedy, when I was, like, going off, was, like, okay, I'm going to go to Japan, and if it's if I don't feel anything, because I, I mean, I've been living in Vegas for so long and, like, the worst, like, in the in the industry, like, yeah. just putting on fake eyelashes every day. Like, right. I just didn't care about anything. And before that, I was... Uh, I had more legit jobs, if you want to call it that. I was doing, like, sales, and I had, like, nine-to-fives and things like that. And I was like, screw this. I went to Vegas. And um, then I was like, okay, if Japan doesn't work out, like, you can off yourself there. Why? What drew you to it? I was just like, well, people, I've, like, read, I was, like, 23, and I read about the, like, kill yourself culture. And I was like, all right, so... If shit doesn't I'm work out, yeah. I'm going to go do that. And, like, no one's going to, like, do anything because they're going to be like, oh, well, she went abroad and something happened. Like, don't let your yeah. kids go outside. Like, they yeah. were, they're not going to know what actually happened. But I went there and it was amazing. Yeah. I was just, like, looking around. I felt like this jolt country. of life. Yeah. So my original plan was that I was going to just go to different – I just wanted to, like, live different lives. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to get an office job. I'm going to, like, make sock puppets and pretend like they're talking to each other above the cubicles, you know? Like, And then I was like, okay, and then I'm going to go to Vietnam and just, like, 
work online or like go busk in New Zealand and like I ended up doing most of those things. Is it partially because you feel like you don't fit in places or? It could be, you know, um, people, I, I get asked this a lot. Like, are you running from something? And I'm like, no, I've just never been somewhere where I'm like, oh, this is it. This is where we go. This is the place. This is never this is anywhere. I've once felt like that in New York and I always wanted to live there. But then when I started getting really into comedy and I went there, I was like, man, I don't make that much money here. <laughs> they don't really like me when I sell merch. Like, yeah. this just isn't sustainable. Yeah. So sometimes I have felt that way in certain places and then I do stay there, but then I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Well, you're a rolling stone. Yeah. You know, and in order to be good at this, you really need to go everywhere and do every stage. Yeah, that's the you plan. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I admire the fact that you're married to the game um, because there's a few people out there that are, and that's how you become successful. But what is success? You know, because it's it means a lot of well, different things to a I'll lot of different people. I'll tell you what I think success is just, it's setting goals for yourself and hitting them well, constantly. That's, that's nice. But those that you're you're you're, right. you're having successes. Yeah. And then obviously your goals become bigger. Okay, but and bigger. particularly in comedy, what's your idea of success? Oh, for me is to have people come and see me specifically. Yeah. So that's you know that is the dream for yeah. someone to come and be like, how far is she gonna take this yeah. today? And, and and I've had some formula with my cooking show and with stand up, but it's never it was never really the goal before. But yeah. that is the goal ultimately. Yeah, it's, I told you that was. The first time that's ever happened to me was Friday night at the dive. The first place I ever started comedy yeah. was the first place where people showed up wearing my merch, so yeah. ready to see me. Granted, it was an underwear show. It could have been because <laughs> everyone knew I wasn't going to wear clothes. But I also did tell everybody that I really want to get sponsored by Thinks Pantyhose. Do you know what that is? I'm, I'm obviously not. Okay. They're the pantyhose that collect your period blood. Okay. I think that's it. Okay, but listen, <laughs> I want to get sponsored by them. I want to put their fucking sign. They make money? Yeah. They're, there's $45 a penny. They could just send me panties. Right, I'll sell them with on. my name on it. Jesus. I've been trying so hard. So now I have this video, <laughs> and I'm going to send them an email, which I also did. I did the Dives underwear show three years ago. Yeah. And that was like the first time they ever had it or whatever. And I sent them the video. They said nothing in response. Okay. But I think this time, hey. I think I'm going to get a sponsor. Well, let's get back to this. So the people, that, <laughs> the people that came and saw you at the dive, that's a microcosm of what can happen. Like, for example... Well, that's scary because like not only did I... show up to like a stadium and the, the whole stadium yeah. was there to see him. Well, that's scary because I let all of those people buy me a drink and I did not recover the next day. So I, well, can you imagine I what happened at the stadium? I am very scared of the stadium. <laughs> Well, also success because it could bring out the excesses of um, of addiction and. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm like afraid. Excess. I've like I've never in my life, and people ask me all the time, "How do you pay for this?" I'm like, I don't like I don't get money from other people, but like I'm, I'm always scraping at the bottom. I am a little scared of what would happen if I had disposable income. Well, you'd probably have a little fun with it. Yeah, I'd probably buy the shitty car I drive now just to Tokyo drift that motherfucker like I always knew I could. And do it. You've earned it. Well, that's the thing is, when you have disposable income, you most likely earned it, and you do what you want with it. Yeah. For me, it would be. You had traveling. disposable income, right? Oh, I had for, for yeah for a while. What did you do with it? 
traveled. Hell yeah. Ate great at great restaurants. So you didn't travel for comedy, you traveled for leisure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Did you I mean, do shows while you traveled? No, I mean, I looked into them, Yeah. but that was not my priority. I, yeah. had, a, I had a reason for being where I was, and that was to see the world. That's so interesting, because I feel like once I started comedy, it just became that. Like, I've never... Everywhere I've traveled now is now because of that. Or I would well, say... That's, what I, that's why I say you're married to the game. And I am not fully married. I'm engaged to the game because oh I God. was married to it. And uh, not saying it let me down. It just I wasn't fully satisfied. I felt like there was something missing. I wanted yeah. a balance. Yeah. I feel like I'm better with a balance. You know, when I was out with you at the comedy store, Bobby Lee asked me, he goes, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you want out of this? Yeah. And what I should have said was, I don't really know, because that's the truth. Right. But what I said was, like, I want to do stand-up. Like, I just want to have, I want to do stand-up. And he looked at me the way I look at girls that are just like, I just want to be a housewife. Because there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But I'm like, damn, your dream is so attainable. Well, you're doing your dream. I but, am. But so there's, there's levels of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Set goals. Those are success. That's Ultimately, what I think success is, is always accomplishing your goals. No, that's great advice. That really you is. Know, because my initial goals going into comedy were three things. Was to get on Letterman, which I didn't do because he retired. Um, but I did audition for, for that. Um, uh, to get past the comedy store, got my name on the wall, and to work that main room stage. Which I did all that, like I said, except for Letterman. But after I had achieved that... I had other goals. I wanted to make a movie. I wanted to get on television. I wanted to tour. Did all those things, um, and so on and so forth. So, I guess I guess what it is is set goals, accomplish them, and set new ones. Letterman's still alive, right? And he still does interviews too. So maybe we could pay him <laughs> to get you his. No, I wanted to be on the show. Yeah. I also wanted when I was a kid. When I was in college, I took a public speaking course because. I knew I wanted to do stand-up. Yeah. And they asked, like, you know, what do you want to do for a living? And I said, SNL. I would love to be on SNL. Wow. You know, I, I took a public speaking course in college, and my professor asked me to be his student assistant. I'm sure And did. I gave lectures. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what, what, what did that entail? Uh, I just gave lectures on public speaking, and I graded people. Huh. So you got a TA. Yeah, exactly. I was a okay. teacher's assistant. Yeah. That's amazing. It was ironic that it was for that guy. You want to hear from me? I, I, I um, got a math degree, and then I was still in college, so I just took another. I took psychology, and uh, they had a statistics course, which was like I, math I could do in my sleep. Yeah. Uh, but the teacher's assistant and the professor weren't really good at, first of all, math. Teaching. No, teaching. <laughs> teaching. Yeah. And I ended up not only teaching the course, but I ended up fucking the TA. She was my girlfriend for a while, I'm not sure, short amount of time, but um, yeah, she. I ended up teaching her how to teach, because you may know yeah the topic, but that yeah. doesn't mean you know how to teach. Yeah, you I've tutored to... kids before, um, and you never understand something quite like you used to when you had to write it on what was it, the projectors. Yeah. Oh my God, I have a great story. <laughs> okay, so one time I was in math class in high school. And we're it, this kid, he's like falling asleep because he got his wisdom teeth taken out mm -hmm. and his mom didn't want to pay for a babysitter. So she was like, go to school. Right. His name was Brandon Ortiz. I will never forget this story. Right. So then the teacher's like mad that he's falling asleep. She was like, okay, Brandon, why don't you come up to the um, projector and solve this problem? So he comes up to the projector 
swear to God, Drew, sorry, he goes into the ejector. His, he just, his like knees give out, right? He just drops. Really? And his face hits the projector. No. <laughs> so you can see this it. This is real. This is real. And so you can see a projector. Yeah, light of his face. <laughs> yeah. But he sl his face, he hits it on his face, and then his face slides off. <laughs> And you can see the blood and snot mark just projected onto the screen. That's not embarrassing And at the all. teacher is just like, free, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This kid's just passed out on the floor. What grade was this? I don't remember, but it was one of my favorite memories of math. That's class. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So funny. This is something about people failing and falling and hurting oh, man. themselves. My favorite thing to do, like when I get sad, is I'll watch people passing out on roller coasters. Oh yeah. Yeah, have you oh, ever seen that? My God. Even better, do you remember my friend Shira? Oh yeah. Yeah. So watching her watch video of people passing out yeah. on roller coasters, because she'll act it out. She's like, oh, and their arms fly out in the air. And then, they, and then she did it again. It's always black people, too. I, <laughs> I know, because they're the scared. They, they flip the fuck out. <laughs> oh, no, there's there's some good uh, there's some good other races out there that are just... But, but, but yeah, you know you're the right... No, because they're the most... They're Statistically speaking, from the videos they that I've watched, out. they're the most vocal. Yeah. Yeah, that are just like... Scream. But they wake up and they, they they almost pick up where they left off. Yeah, and just scream it again, again and then they yeah. just pass back out. That's my that's my favorite. I probably I think I've memorized all of them by now. I like know what's one's coming next. It's it's quite sad. I like when people slip and fall. There's something to it. And I'll never forget my one of my favorite memories in college is you know, we'd walk out of it was called Southwest, this area of like where people lived. Yeah. And uh, you'd have to walk up this uh, this hill to get on the campus. It was uh, uh, right by the fraternity houses, and it was icy. With you know Boston, Massachusetts, so it was actually Western Mass, and it was always icy in the winter time. And I saw some dude like slipped, and then caught his composure and slipped again, and like, he couldn't get his balance. And then finally. He got to me and he like grabbed my arm to hold himself up and he just gave me a look of like <laughs> vulnerability and then boom went down. He knew down. it was his time. Oh, it was, dude, it was graceless. Oh my God. And hilarious. Sometimes when people hit their balls, it's like the funniest thing in the world. One time I, um, <laughs> I was much, I was, this is probably like, oh, I don't even want to say how long ago it was. Definitely more than 10 years. I took LSD on Chincoteague Island in Maryland with my friend and we ended up looking for a place to smoke a joint for eight hours riding our bicycle. And at one point, there was this guy in front of us, and his chain came off. And you know, like you're tripping, everything's oh, in slow motion. Yeah. His chain comes off. His foot goes forward like he misses his pedal, and he just hits oh. his dick right on the oh, thing. Oh, the bar. And just, he lets out a squeal that only, I guess, men can do. Like his voice has definitely dropped, but it was just like, ah! Oh, and then he just God. he just stops and falls over, and I'm like, look at her. I was like, don't laugh, don't laugh. My friend laughs so hard she drops her bike, and then it's just her standing next to this guy in agony while she's just crying, oh, laughing on the stop. side of the street. You just can't stop. <laughs> I just left him. I was yeah. like, we're done. And then I found an appropriate place to die laughing. Dude, bike like crashes are awesome. Yeah, I, they are really. Fun when to I was watch. a kid, I was remember biking down the street, and you know the sewers where the water would go in. Yeah. For some reason, it was they were the long way, the the holes, and my tire got stuck in one, and I flipped in front of a barbecue oh of like God. fifty f people, like a family, 
and they all surrounded <laughs> me, and I'm like walk, limping away with this broken tire, and oh, it was so embarrassing. Oh man, man. from the same Chincoteague story, when we finally did smoke that joint, we were like the highest we've ever been, <laughs> yeah. and I felt like since we were tripping, and I was like so high, and the sun was going down, and I felt like the ground just kept coming up from under me. And then I was like in a tunnel that I couldn't. So I thought that I had this insane bike crash. Like one time the road was real and it actually did go up from under me. And I had this insane bike crash. It turns out I just stopped and just fell over. What, on the bike? Yeah, very anticlimactic. You were on acid? Yeah, I was on acid. I've never done acid. Is it, wow. is it amazing? Yeah, it's, I've done an uncomfortable amount of LSD. Yeah, but is it? It's amazing. Yeah. You should definitely give it a shot. Any, any effects from it? Later on, like, uh, you know, flashbacks. I, I had a friend that studied neuroscientists and she, or that studied neuroscience and became a neuroscientist. And yeah. she got me very interested in it when we were younger because I started taking acid when I was like 15. But it was wild because back then, like, I grew up in a not great place where a lot of people did a lot of drugs. And I did acid for my first time when I was 15. I decided I never wanted to do or sell drugs ever again. Yeah. Like, it changed my whole life. And she gave me this study that, because she was, doing some studies on it, I guess. I don't know. She was just reading up on it. Where it basically just says it can possibly change the way that your brain sends signals to the rest of your body. Yeah. And there was this one study that was like in the 60s where this guy's voice never dropped. And he had this whole therapy where they did LSD and then he had a hallucination of his entire life. But in his hallucination, his voice dropped. And then his voice dropped in real life. Forever. Forever. So, and how did that affect him? In, I mean, in he probably life? loved it. I don't know. They didn't have an after study. It was like a little article that she had found. By the way, the funniest video on the internet ever is about a guy who was hosting his own TV show in like Sweden or something. Did yeah. you about this? No. And um, it was the first time he had not shown up for like rehearsals before his show. So he just showed up and didn't really know what was going on. And it was about people who had their voices had been altered through surgery. They had surgeries, and then all of a sudden their voices changed to a point where they were not the same. They couldn't live a normal life. Yeah. So the guy he was interviewing, his voice was like this. And he was talking about, like, sexy time. Like, he couldn't he couldn't speak sexy <laughs> to his girl anymore. And the guy's laughing in his terrorist. He couldn't, he couldn't control it. And it's hilarious, right? So then he finally goes, he goes, okay, let's take a question from someone in the audience. And the guy he picks goes, and, I, I was and, and he just fell <laughs> out. He couldn't control it. They ended the show. They fired him. The show was over for good. And, uh, Ooh, I, not I, the funniest I, day of his life anymore. Oh, yeah. dude, it is the, I honestly think to this day it's the funniest video on the internet. <laughs> I cannot I'm excited to see yeah, it. Yeah, you have yeah, to see it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. But, um, <laughs> so you've never done LSD. Have you done mushrooms? Mushrooms, yeah. I love mushrooms. Did Imagine times. mushrooms, but you can control it. Control what? Like, like what you mushrooms make and... your body feel uncontrollable. Oh, I, I was very much in control. I, but but I liked it. It was Oh, I love mushrooms. It was beauty. Yeah. Like I, nature became even more beautiful. Yeah. And oh yeah, it's great. It, it's the best. I've come to a place where I like don't want to see the edge of the earth anymore, but sometimes you need a little, you know, a little, a little tune kick. up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, I took a bunch of mushrooms, and they were great. Um, and the people I was with uh, took way too much, and they were flipping out. And yeah. I go, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. That's so like the dinosaur. I took off, and I walked on campus. It was in college. 
And on my campus is one of the largest and tallest libraries in the world. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was one of the tallest ones on a college campus. Yeah. It was like 20-something. Anyways, and I remember, first of all, sitting on a bench and looking at the grain of the wood, and it was just gorgeous. Really gorgeous. And then I looked up, and I... And every single window in that library, and there were hundreds of them, were rainbows. And I'm like, I am flipping the fuck out right now. But it was good. Yeah. Like, I realized, I was, uh, you have to do drugs with the right mindset. You oh, have for to be like, sure. I'm in for the long haul. I'm in a good place, happy place. And no matter what happens, you know it's going to eventually Oh, I end. meditate before DMT. Don't you worry. Oh, okay. So you know, <laughs> you know, but, but have you ever done don't. comedy in an altered state? It's just high. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll take that back. Um, I had an edible. Um, it was like a mushroom edible. Yeah. On the improv stage one time in, on a Mexican night. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I was really fucked up. And I opened with, guys, I took a fucking edible. I'm on mushrooms right now, so I don't have no idea how this is going to go. And they were completely along for the ride. And I wow. killed it. But I think the honesty... And the fact that they, it was flawed uh, made them come aboard and, and ride I away. did a show on mushrooms once, and I tried to tell people, and they thought I was kidding. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a fan of doing drugs before stage, only because, like, if you do really well, you just become this mad scientist who's like, oh, I'm the funniest after two bong hits and one cup of tea. Uh, I've got it down uh, to a science now. And then, you just, then you're just fucked up all the time. Well... Well, that's why I, I, yeah. I barely ever drank. But it, it happened once, and uh, and everyone just thought I was kidding, because the guy before me was the one that gave it to me. So I was making fun of him a lot, and I was like, "No, yeah. that guy really did give me mushrooms." And how'd it go? Um, I would say it went good, but I like to really, I like to be very meta in comedy. I like to talk about what's going on around the room and how people yeah. are reacting. And I think when I did that, I was just like, "Okay, we're doing our material today." Yeah, yeah. Obviously. and we're not going—we're not going outside of this yeah. at all. <laughs> you know, I—I've been high a couple times on stage. I remember one time doing really well, but I also remember one time where I just got lost. Yeah, I forgot what joke I had done. I forgot oh, the jokes so scary. and the tags, and and then I try to pull it off like, "Oh, I'm just high," and people are like, "Nah." Yeah, oh, we don't care if you're high. Yeah, we're, we we're paid here. for these seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not square when it comes, but I take this very seriously. Yeah. Like, this is a career. and. Well, know. I just did one of those gateway shows where you do the show and then you get high and then you do the one afterwards. and What, high on weed? Or, yeah, high okay. on weed. And everyone in the parking lot is like, you got to keep smoking more. And I'm like, look, you don't want to yes. see me in there after yeah. this. Like, you don't want that. Right. And, but it was awesome. Like, oh, well, I did two of them. The first one. I didn't really know what to expect, and I did a lot of... I thought, okay, I'll, I'll play it like I'm very um, physical in the first show, and then the second show I'm very deadpan, and I just have like more wordy jokes. Yeah. They didn't really go for that. But the next one, I did it the opposite, where I became very physical once we were high. And it, it, at the end of the day, you just got to do your better shit at the end. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You got to ramp them up like that. It really doesn't matter what is going on yeah. in the outside of it. But it was great. Yeah. I loved it. Well, <clears throat> uh, you know, experimenting is the key to... Yeah. Oh, but the important part about that is that there was a time to smoke. If you have an audience who the show is like weed-themed and everyone's just high, it is awful. 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 We used to have dispensary shows. Oh, God. It, the processing I've done time this. for jokes is like... You so tell bad. a joke and you get away and then all of a sudden you're... Uh, I did a show once in Vegas uh, that was... 
like not only was it, it was a bunch of different dispensaries who came around there was like a dab bar like it was crazy yeah. how high everyone was and and you know you get those points like i've done street comedy before like it's not my favorite but like there comes a point where you're just like all right we're just doing our shit it doesn't matter how anyone you reacts through. Yeah. i know when to pause like we're here yeah. so that's the point that i got at and like afterwards some chick comes up to me she's like sign my tits you were amazing i was like girl i saw you okay <laughs> you did not laugh not one time <laughs> yeah. and she was like no, high, in my head, people. though. In my head. Yeah. I was like, dude, fuck your high head. High people laugh <laughs> yeah. differently. Way differently, uh, yeah. They internalize their laugh almost. Yeah. It was good for the gateway show just because, like, there's a time to do it. Everyone's on board. Or I, I don't know what the exact science is, but there he's, was a time he's really in LA where, where dispensary shows were big. And I'm talking, like, big names showed up. Yeah. We had Gallagher in one of our shows, like the real Gallagher. Wow. Andy Jeselnik showed up. Anthony nice. Jeselnik showed up, and, uh, and Leslie Jones used to come by all the time. Until they realized no one started laughing, and then they just fizzled out. Oh, no, they were all fucked up too. It was oh, fun. Nice. What happened? Um, those those bud um, those bud tenders or the the back bars, the high, whatever you call that, the back part of the dispensary where they had the uh, this they they got shut down always. So. The show's always got suspended. That's weird. Yeah. Well, the, the government comes in. Oh, yeah. They were making too much money off the medical in California. Yeah, they were afraid to lose it. was so much fun. We were having a lot of fun. <laughs> they were too there much fun. There was a time where like, that was the hot show in L.A. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, the most exclusive, hard to find, hard to get to is always the hot yeah. thing. Yeah. But it was also like, you know, it's kind of what you just said. It's like when the big names come to places, people start showing up. And then it becomes uncool when the uncool start thinking it's cool. Yeah. It's like the opposite of regentrification. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about what just happened a week ago. Um, Coachella. Mm-hmm. It's just not cool anymore. It's become a fashion show and all celebrities, influencers. It's like those people to me aren't cool. Yeah. It's cool when fucking nobody show up. Yeah. And, and make it cool. Yeah. It's now not cool because you found out about it. They tried to take Burning Man, but you can't. I, I, they'll try. You can't. They will continue. They've tried. Oh, good. Paris Hilton came. All right? We had Diplo. Who they, did? Paris Hilton came once and took a bunch of pictures. Yeah. They just, it's not... It's, the reason why no one can ever take it over is because it's not yeah. a place where you buy tickets and you just show up. Yeah. You know? You you participate. You work. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to go there and you're going to be like, this not is survive. not... It's yeah. not leisure. Yeah. It's not... It's no work. one's there you're selling you stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't give a, they don't give out water on purpose. They're like, if you didn't bring your own water, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good because these people show up in the. Inf- I saw one guy go, "If you're not an influencer, get away from the van." And I'm just like, "Wow, that was one of the at most- Coachella." Yes. Oh wow, I'm glad I've never gone. It's like a line of of influences. Whatever the fuck that means. That yeah. gets me mad to think about. Um, they're all showing up, and that's when it's it's over. Yeah. That's what they say. That okay, well, awful. Coachella's done. Uh, yeah, I had a friend going, like, and I was like, oh, do you want to set up some comedy shows around yeah. it? She was like, oh, that's a good idea. What, Coachella? Yeah, never happened. It's, it's a scene. It's a, <laughs> when fashion, it's like, remember when uh, award shows were cool? It's when they, I mean, they always had fashion, but it turned into a fashion show. Yeah. It's like, what does this guy's dress have anything to do with your performance that you did seven months? You know what I mean? It's like, what are we doing here? We're making money. But but that's the whole point. When do we stop caring about the profit and just enjoy the art? Oh, 
let me, I've actually, economically, I think I've solved that. So if we didn't allow pe the <laughs> distributors to make more money than the creators, I don't think we'd ever have any of these problems. I don't think Miley Cyrus or any of those people like Britney Spears would exist because they're no longer cash cows. You know what I mean? Like imagine all the grassroots art that would come up because being a distributor isn't as profitable. So we're not going to shove these things down people's they have throats. The money oh yeah, yeah. Realistically, yeah. never going to happen. Oh, you know I what I mean? It. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, economically artists, speaking, to solve that problem, that's yeah. what you would have to do. But artists are now taking over and controlling their destinations. Which is great. Great. Which is great. I think because now yeah. we take the power away from agents and managers who've been suckling for years, and we take the power away from network executives. Totally who have been making awful decisions, not all of them, but making awful decisions on who are stars and who are not. Because if anything was proven, and this is just my opinion, by the Will Smith moment mm. at the Academy Awards, is that Hollywood is not cool anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Let's get out of there. There's well, a weird... Some of them are cool. Like, I would love to... Like, if I could live in one city and do as much comedy as I do being consistently on the road, like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I would still, yeah. like, hit the road and come back. Like, that yeah. sounds great. But there's a thing about L.A., and I think that it's, um, I think I told you about this, how there was that study where if you take people's sweat, if they're exercising versus when they're scared or sad or something like that, right. you have someone smell it, they feel that emotion. Yeah. There's, like, a certain tenseness there that I just can't get over. And everyone I talk to, man, if you tell someone in L.A. you do comedy, you want to know what they say? Me, me too. Me too, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool, when's your next show? They're like, well, it's just in my repertoire. It's got all these other things going yeah. on. I'm like, like you don't understand the grind. It's <laughs> the least respected and probably the hardest art form, and people just don't take it seriously. And what I heard one guy say on the cruises about the comedians, like, oh, you guys aren't real artists. It's wow. like, if anything... You got motherfuckers doing cover songs, karaoke on your stage. Oh, they're the real artists? They're not even doing their own shit. Yeah. We're going out there, you know, putting our souls it's on the It's not something you really understand unless you get into it. Like, when I was younger and first started getting into comedy, I didn't even know they said the same thing twice. You yeah. know? You don't know. Well, it's doing it right. Yeah. That's when you put, when you're actually saying something of your opinion that goes against the grain of possibly the people that are listening, yeah. but still making it funny. That's when you're doing it right, when you have a voice, when you have a perspective. And, and the, then also, at the same time, those are the people who get attacked yeah. for having a voice, yeah. for having a different view. My whole thing now is just, like, build your own lane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you gotta, I mean, at some, you have to pay respects to people who have done it before you, of course. But at some point, you just have to be not just different, but just yourself. Yourself, yourself will just, always be different. Just There's find never... a way, like, my whole thing, like... Someone told me the other day that I loved, uh, it was Chad Ryden, actually, um, from Nashville, and he was like, you know what I love about you, man? No one can steal your shit. Who's going to talk about going to the middle of nowhere yeah. to do comedy yeah. to nobody? <laughs> right. You know, like, who has those yeah. kind of stories? You're the only one. Yeah. He's like, no one can ever steal your bits because yeah. they didn't do it. Right, and you can always be compared. Like, uh, when I was on the cruise last week, guy I've been doing it 43 years, he goes, dude, you are like Stephen Wright in a lot of ways the way you write your jokes and how you deliver them. That's a huge compliment. Now, I've never wanted to ever be like Stephen Wright, mm -hmm. but 
But boy, I mean, if if I can be compared to his writing, yeah. for the love of God, it's a huge compliment. From the punny guy? Yeah, from the punny guy. Yeah. He's really funny, though. Night of he, Too Many Puns. Yeah, but he was a really funny guy. I, I'll give him credit. He, he, All his shows were great. and the little, I mean, it was his audience. But he was also, I know you were like, yeah, uh, you're their age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? What, what are we going to do? Is they going to be upset with him for doing well in, for, in front of people yeah. his own age, you know? Yeah. I don't get, I don't get, I don't like when people try to pin us against each other. Like, I get it a lot, like, as a woman in comedy, yeah. they'll always be like, oh, you were the best girl tonight. It's like, yeah. why are you trying to pin us against each yeah. other? There's, like, enough stages, there's so, enough eyes, there's enough people. To, we don't, to them, it's like we a don't competition. Need to compete. Yeah, yeah, like, we don't need to compete. Yeah. What are but you going to... It's, it's a form of compliment. You know that. Yeah. It's like, oh, you were the best tonight. It's like, who cares? I would love to be the best, but the best woman, it's like, dude, why? Why'd you even yeah. say it? Well, yeah, you, know? why you have to bring in gender. Yeah, yeah, cause like my, cause I put my legs up from my stirrups. Is that what it is? My favorite bit. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite bit. <laughs> every, I, I just love comedy. Every time someone takes a picture of me, it's always in that position. Yeah. They're like, I had one guy one time. He was like, you know, I put my camera away. I had all this equipment, and I was like, she's not gonna keep it for that long. And then he goes, you know, I started putting it back together, and you just kept <laughs> it up that whole time. I couldn't. Three different it. lenses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We went through all of the positions, got in every one of them. I got a close-up of your asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also daunting, too, to see pictures of yourself on stage, because now I'm like, man, put your chin up. Like, what's going on with your neck, dude? Like, Dude, don't even... See, I had somebody say to me, they're like, you're just a naturally funny guy. And I don't know what it is that they see, but whatever it is, don't change it. It's it's what makes you you. Yeah. No, so I'm don't second guess. I'm just, more kidding about the neck thing, but no, it you're is not. still done. <laughs> it's in your head. Let's be it's honest. definitely in my head, but not on stage. I'm yeah. always like, dude. I'm always like, dude. You need to suck it in. You need to put your neck out. But I never do any well, of that you stuff. You want to look pretty on stage. I want to not look like I'm a gremlin just you in, are just a gremlin, moving dude. inside. Like my neck is conjoining to my stomach. Looking funny is part of the game. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I did discover early on that I was like, you know, you, you shouldn't wear that much makeup and, like, look really pretty on stage because they won't listen. Well, Like, this, you think they're listening, but they're not. I have a friend who used to take on the road, and she was very beautiful and almost too beautiful. Her jokes weren't good enough for, to, to be a killer, but I thought because of her great looks, she would look great in, like, a cat suit, like, tight, and just use her looks, but not to be like, I'm more beautiful than you, but... To, to, to look the to part. To own it, yeah. Yeah, because she Yeah, I've been, been thinking badass. about being more of like, I've been trying to be more conscious of what I'm wearing and what I'm doing just to be more of a character. Well, it's an image. It's a brand. Yeah, exactly. I, I wear the hat. I used to have Adidas jacket, a blue Adidas jacket. I wore all the oh time. Oh my God, you wear a tracksuit? No, you wore a Russian tracksuit? Suit. Come on. But I did wear a tracksuit track on TV once and I kept the... Um, the the, the tag? The, the tags on. Oh, and it was fun. I, I thought it added to the funny, but it was like a light blue tracksuit. And you could see the tags? Yeah. That is pretty funny. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I tried it. I was experimenting on stage. I guess I got discouraged from it because I've had people tell me, like, if I look really done up, that they're just like, oh, man, you just look like someone that I know. Or like, I'm like, yeah, that's a good line. All right. Yeah. They're like, I just couldn't hear anything you were saying. You just look like this oh, person. Like, like floating. Welcome I guess I shouldn't take that so much to heart. Or it's that if I start dressing up all the time, I have to do it all the time. Well, and, you know, living out of your car, it's not, it's not ideal. Think about some of the women who have been very successful, though. 
Joan Rivers. Yeah, that's fair. They were all really dressed up. And then, the, and then some of them dressed as characters. That lady who used to hit people with a purse. Yeah. Mom's Mabel, or whatever it was. Uh, but there, there's characters. Yeah, I have been getting... Phyllis Diller had the fucking makeup yeah. and the hair. Think about that. I have been getting into characters lately. I have this dumb girl one that I do that's really fun. Where I do like the voice. Where everything's in question. Yeah, but, but and yeah, it's actually related off one of my best friends, yeah. and <laughs> her mom thinks I sound exactly like her. <laughs> but I'm talking about like a like a, uh, a brand, like oh Dice yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even Kinnison had a look. Uh, you know, certain people have looks, and it's something to think about. It's not to no. focus on, but something to think about. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think uh, I've reached a point where I'm just like, I like the grunge. I like the, the hair thing I got going on. I, I I'm, I'm figuring it out. You got, you got yeah. a look. I mean, not the today. Colored hair. No, this is a look. <laughs> not a good one. But it's a look. <laughs> you know, it's, you're being yourself. I drove. Which is... I like. I went last night. I was in. I started driving from Prompt, Nevada, to here. I drove like four hours from like eight to around like twelve thirty probably. And then I slept in my car, and then I came here, and now I'm just like thinking of a good time to shower. So that's that's where I'm. Oh. That's where my image is right now. Well, you can, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you and I are the same. Just looked at the shower, like, well, you know, it's your time <laughs> it's to all shine. Yours. Yeah, get in there, <laughs> please. Yeah. Right, a couple of questions before we end it because we're coming up to the uh, the time. Yeah. Um, obviously, the name of the podcast is "Come On, Guy." And uh, what what makes you what what irks you more than anything else? What makes you go, oh come on, guy? Like, are there certain things in life? There definitely is, but seeing the the events that are going on today, it's definitely the Supreme Court thing. The Roe versus Wade. Yeah, like it it doesn't irk me that they're doing this per se. It irks me that like first of all, what year is it? And second of all, what are we covering up so bad? That we're making everyone go up in arms about this. Yeah. Like, why are you worried about it? What do you yeah. care? Like, what do we got to do? Let's get Brett Kavanaugh pregnant, okay? Let's just do something good with science, and then we'll all understand how it feels because yeah. that guy needs an abortion. Because how's it going to come out, Brett? Yeah. Your giant gaping asshole? Okay. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Actually, too it reminds much. me of, uh, I, I tagged a new joke where I say, uh, my friends are like, hey, what would you do if you were pregnant? And I said, I'd have it. And then sell it on the black market. You know how much white babies go on? Um, I put a tag on one of my abortion jokes where, I, where if everyone just gasps, I just go, oh, do you want me to abort that one? <laughs> well, it's like when I do the Down syndrome joke, that joke's retarded. <laughs> it's like you need to tag that. So, so that, you know, it is incredible, the decisions and the, um, uh, and what, Congress is doing nowadays with respect to not not bailing out the people, not helping out small businesses during the pandemic, and now road versus way. It's reversals. all really like if you want to find out what's happening, just follow the money. You know that's it. That's all, and it really you know, is. Who benefits from this? Churches. I don't know. I guess I'd have to follow. You tell me, religion is making a comeback. Dude, maybe that fraud. Who fucking knows? But it's all. It's like. What else is your reasoning? Because the Republican stance is less government. How is clamping down on women less government? Well, first of all, why does anyone feel like they control someone else's body? It's insane. It's, it's insane. insane. And they're not giving us any health care. I don't know. Next question. I can't. 
Well, well, the, the initial question was, what makes you say, come on? Like, oh, you know, like, what, well, like, come on. What else bothers you? I mean, is it men in comedy or <laughs> misogyny? Or? Um, you know, I think people make fun of me because they're like, oh, let's ask Trish what she thinks. And they're like, she's going to say she doesn't care. Because I really don't. There's like a Anything? lot of things. There's things I feel like I should be bothered about, but I'm really not. Like the the women in comedy thing, like, Sure, maybe I should be bothered. I, I don't like when people say, we don't like when women do this. I prefer you just say everyone. You know, yeah. where they're like, we like it when women audition clean. Right. Just say everyone. You know? Yeah. Or else the next guy's going to come up, pretend to jerk off in his own face, right. and it's going to be hilarious, and I'm going to be upset. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I just have never really... It's like... It's like going to a, a job that you know is made for other people that you're just kind of like climbing your way into. You're just like, all right, I'm a little happy to be here now. Yeah. You know, like I could be. You did the work. The you work. You deserve and, to be there. Yeah, of course. But I'll, it, I'll never forget. it doesn't bother me that it's harder for me. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's more about the satisfaction of succeeding will be even greater. Too. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Um, there was a girl who tried to like, get in Bill Burr's face about women in comedy and women aren't funny and all that. And his response was so great. It just shut her right down. He goes, it doesn't matter what's hanging between your legs. It's like, be funny. Yeah. And she was just like, eh. Because she wanted him to mess up and be like, oh, oh, you know, women are funny. Or, or, or say something to the fact of, uh, you know, Yeah, women. but Bill Burr's like famous for speaking his mind. Yeah, Why but, would you think that he well, would cave like that? It was just such a perfect response and yeah. so honest that it just shut her right up. Yeah. Because she was looking for him to fuck up. Yeah. And he was so on point with it. Because <laughs> it's true. It's like, who gives a fuck what's hanging between your legs? Just do the work. Yeah, apparently bookers care. But besides that. Yeah, but if you're a funny <laughs> fucking chick. Yeah. You're going to no, get No, I've booked. got a lot of great opportunities. Like, things you're are, gonna get booked things are looking up. A booker knows when someone's done the work. Yeah. Quite and simple. Yeah. You know, they know if, oh, I want Except this person working. Except for that one lady in... Sacramento. She, listen, she didn't even hire me, and she's hiring people who are much further below me in comedy yeah. to headline that place. So. Well, we also looked around the club, and we were like, ah, I see one woman hosting yeah. one poster. Dump, she's a dump. There's like over a thousand people on the wall. You got one. Yeah. And she's a chick. And she's I guess, okay, something that makes hateful. me say, come on, guy, in that respect to the women in comedy thing, I don't like it when I see a poster with six or more people on it and they're all men. Yeah. It's like, you don't know one. You don't know one. <laughs> you don't know one freaking girl. Yeah. Except for, I mean, even in Vegas, they're like, well, there's only like four of you guys that are pretty funny. I'm like, no, there's actually like eight of us. I've met all of them. This, this Jocelyn Sharp, is that her name? Yeah. I saw her the other day. She's pretty funny. CC Samples, hilarious. I don't know her. Tabloid, I've seen them. Yeah, she's so funny. She's done some funny shit. Yeah. I, I've done shows with her around the country. Um, and um, what's the other girl's name? Brunette girl. There she's... is a bunch of them. Yeah. I just but, but those are the girls who did the work. Now, the girls who don't do the work and complain about not getting work, well, fuck you. Well... They might think that that's their leg up, and they'll learn real quick that that's not going anywhere. It's not going to, dude. I also, I mean, you can't complain online. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be pigeonholed <coughs> as the person that's like gonna, like, okay, Hard today work pays off, yeah. no matter what gender it is. Yeah. So you can bitch all you want. I don't know what that's gonna do for you. Go write a fucking joke. Yeah. Go do an open mic. 
<laughs> I don't want to hear you fucking bitching and moaning. You know, nice. Even that girl, Caitlin uh, Daisy or whatever. Yeah. She's putting in the work. She's putting in the work. Yeah. I see her promoting her she's shit. Getting better all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never seen her, but she's doing the work. You know, I think I, you were with me once when we saw her. Yeah, she remember she's like, "I love you." You yeah. we were doing that. Oh yeah, and I was Billy's like, gig. What's her name again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but now every time I see her, I'm like, "I'm so happy to see you." Like, thanks for being out here. Because well, you know, yeah. Another thing about like traveling all the time is like you see the same people, and you're just like, "Damn, good for you for being out here." Yeah. You know, like, wait, nice to see you again. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and going back to another city and seeing all those other people like improve. Yeah. It's awesome. It, it, dude, it's great to watch people get better at this. It's yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's fun to watch people succeed, especially if they're really good at it. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of comics who are really good at this quit um, for whatever reasons. And it's sad because they really put in a lot of work to get to where they were, and now it's over, yeah. so to speak. But, Do all you right. think they're happier? They had babies? I think some are. Yeah, yeah. I actually talked to someone the other day, and she said... She's like, I have money for retirement. I have security. Um, she was. It was today at the at the airport. I sat next to this old lady, and she asked me what I did. I was reluctant to tell her, but I told her anyways because I it was just her. People, yeah. And she's like, I used to be a musician. She's like, I loved it. I was into it, but I did the whole, you know, retirement thing, and I got money, you know. Yeah. And I said, Well, did you think you made the right choice? She said she didn't know. Yeah. Know. You know, I know I said that, like, cliche thing earlier about, like, why don't you just stop breathing or go walk off a bridge or something if you don't, like, that's, like, the comparison of it. But in reality, it's, like, I think I have all these really just meta experiences where I've just, it's very, like, existential of, like, oh, how did we meet? Like, why are we talking? Like, why do you care? You yeah. know, like, those kind of things. And I don't care about, like, I'm not like, oh, I love making people laugh. Oh, I love being on stage. I fucking love having the existential crisis of, like, why is this funny? Yeah. Like, wh wh why is this vagina joke my favorite thing in the world? Why am I obsessing about it? Yeah. How long should I keep my legs in the stirrup position? Yeah. Like, that, I think, is my single favorite thing ever. It's like when you meditate and you try to see, like, the edge of the universe. Like, you're trying to experience something that you have no idea exists. And it yeah. does something to your mind that you just can't even explain. And it gives you this, like, powerful, wonderful feeling. And for me, that's, like, trying to break down funny. Yeah. Well, well stand-up comedy is such a wonderful thing. It's really hard to break down what it is that you love about it most because there's so many aspects of it that are positive and lovely and beautiful and euphoric yeah. and... You know, and 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 just special that you can't describe to people how great it is to say something that makes uh, everyone universally laugh. It's, yeah, it's special. Yeah, it is, and you get addicted to it. I'm not going to go into the whole oh, it's a drug because it's kind of hacky, but the point is, hey man, is, drugs change your serotonin levels. That's what that. But it's more <laughs> than a drug. Yeah, because it's like it's beneficial. It's it's positive. Everyone wins. And in life, there's very few things where everyone wins. There's always a fall guy, so to speak, or <laughs> something that suffers to be the victim. It's usually the booker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <coughs> well, they book me. It's poor cruise lines. Some of these old ladies leave going like, what was that? It's like, it's called comedy, bitch. <laughs> 80 years ago. You, you, know, it's a, you know it's it. a good show when someone afterwards is like, I can do that. Yeah. 
Well, I had one guy who was like, oh, I got a joke. And like, what does it go? So I did my tater tot joke, which I'm just, I only do on cruise lines because why else would I ever do it? <laughs> and he goes, you should say, when he pulls out his small dick, does that come in, uh, in man size? And I'm like, Sit down and shut the fuck up. You're not funny. Just... The fact that you told a 96-year-old lady to shut the fuck up while you were on stage uh, the other day might be one of my favorite fob stories. Oh, there's plenty of those moments. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that's, uh, I, I need a smoke. No, I understand. Thanks that for having me That is the episode of Come On Guy with Trish Smart. Hey, one more thing. I'm proud of you. I love that you're married to the game. You're one of the only people I know that is really like, it's like you and Taylor Tomlinson, even though she's on a different level. But she's on a supernova level. Yeah, but it's yeah. all right though because I, I, you know, she inspires me in a way. Um, but being married to the game is is inspiring to see, and you're doing the work. You're doing the same shit I did when I was at your age, and uh, and I wish you nothing but happiness and success. I appreciate so. you saying married to the game too, because I am giving up all my relationships yeah, for are. it. <laughs> I know you are. Trust me, I've heard the stories. <laughs> I know the stories. <laughs> All right, Trish, thanks for being on. That's right. another episode of Come On Guy. We'll see you next time.